0: This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 127 is going to be from Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. God is not going to accept our excuses. Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62 read, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. God is not going to accept our excuses. It doesn't matter what our excuse is for not following him. He is not going to accept it. We can say, well, I'm young and I've got plenty of time to follow him, but God's not going to accept that excuse. He is simply going to tell us, look, this is the most important thing that we could ever do. There is nothing more important than following God. Our family is not more important than following God. Our friends and neighbors are not more important than following God. This is why the greatest command in all the scriptures is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. Because we cannot do the second part of that unless we first love God first. And the second part of the greatest command is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And he says, on these two commandments hang the entirety of the prophet and the law. But if we don't first understand that our first responsibility is to loving God, we cannot love our neighbor the way that we need to. And so when he said, I first must go bury my father, that was just an excuse for not following him at this particular time. He wanted to go back and do something first. He had something that was more important. And God said, no, not even burying your father is more important than following me. And then he had another one that said, I want to go bid my friends farewell. We hear this one all the time. Family comes in and we don't go to services because we have family at the house. Well, this is basically the same thing as what this man was saying. And God said, no, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Your family and your friends are not as important as doing God's will. As doing God's will. And that's what we need to understand. God is not going to accept our excuses for why we cannot follow him. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, God did not accept Adam and Eve's excuse for why they ate the fruit. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. You see, God did not ex- did not excuse Adam and Eve for their excuses. He, both of them gave excuses. Adam said, The woman that you gave me, she gave it to me. And the woman said, The serpent deceived me. But even though the serpent was cunning, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, you find that he was the most cunning uh, animal in the garden, even though he was cunning and he tricked her, God still did not accept her excuse. She should have listened to God and did exactly what God told her to do in the world today. The devil is still cunning, and he looks for ways to trick us into sinning. We need to take God's escape in First Corinthians chapter ten and verse thirteen. No temptation has taken man except for that which is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with every temptation provide a means of escape that you might be able to bear it. You see, God had provided a means of escape for Adam and Eve. He told them which tree they were not to eat of. He allowed them to eat of any tree except for the one that was in the midst of the garden. And they were supposed to listen. You see, this was their means of escape. Even when the serpent came and was tricking them, they should have relied on what God had said. So, you know, it's the same way for us today. When the devil comes tricking us, we need to rely on what God has said in his word and trust God that he knows what's best. So even though they were tricked, God did not accept their excuses. Adam did not have an excuse. When he said, the woman you gave me, that was really not an excuse. God gave the woman to be a helpmate. And Adam was supposed to listen to God even over his wife. And it was not an excuse for Eve that the serpent was cunning. They were still kicked out of the garden and punished by God. And so as we look at our lives today, we need to take this into account that even when we're tricked, God is not going to accept our excuses. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Now go to Exodus chapter 4, and let's read verses one Through fourteen Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? He said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. Furthermore, the Lord said to him, Now put your hand in your bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, it was leperous like snow. And he said, Put your hand in your bosom again. So he put his hand in his bosom again, and drew it out of his bosom, and behold, it was restored like his other flesh. Then it will be, if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. And it shall be, if they do not believe even these two signs, or listen to your voice, that you shall take water from the river and pour it on dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on dry land. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with you. And teach you what you shall say. But he said, O Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. See, God did not accept Moses' excuses. No matter what Moses would say, God would insist that he serve him. And he would give him the, the help that he needed in order to serve him, but he would not accept the excuse that he could not go before Pharaoh. In the first few verses of this, he made an excuse and said that the people won't listen to me. And so God gave him signs to show that the people would listen to him. Look, do this. And so when Moses made an excuse, God made it possible. When Moses would make another excuse that he was not an eloquent man, God would make it possible. God would say, I've put it within you. But even when he insisted, God would still make it possible sending Aaron, his brother, with him. And so when we give excuses, God gives us ways to make those excuses go away. And we need to listen. Instead of being stubborn and say, I can't, let's trust in God that we can Because that's what Moses should have done. He should have trusted in God that he was fully capable because God was saying that he was. In Exodus chapter 4, verses uh, 10 through 14, we see that he says, I'm not eloquent. Now, isn't this an excuse that we hear today for not spreading the gospel? Well, I'm not eloquent. I'm not a good speaker. Well, the message of the gospel does not rely on you being a good speaker. The power of the message of God is in his words not in our capability of being able to speak them. If we teach the Word of God the way that it is, no matter whether or not we are a good speaker or not, or we have good English, it's going to do its job, because the power is in the message, not in our ability to convey the message. That's something that we always need to remember. In Exodus chapter 32, verses 22 through 35, the Bible says, So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people, that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire, and this calf came out. Now Moses, now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from Entrance to entrance throughout the camp, and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about three thousand men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, You have committed a, a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now therefore, go, lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. And so the Aaron and the children of Israel made excuses as to why they needed this golden calf. Aaron said the people made me do it. But God did not accept Aaron's excuse. He still held him accountable for his actions. Even though the people were saying, we want this golden calf, Aaron should have restrained them. Verse 25 of chapter 32. Now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. You see, Aaron should have restrained them. Even when they were saying, make us a golden calf, Aaron should have said, no, I cannot do that. But instead he said, the people you gave me, basically, made me do this. In verse 22, it says, So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. I couldn't stop them. They were going to do this, and I couldn't stop them, so I went along with it. Well, that's not an excuse for us today. God is not going to accept our excuses. For they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened has become of him. And so Aaron did this even though it was against God. And he made excuses for why he did it. And we do the same thing today. Whenever we miss, we make an excuse. Whenever we miss worship, we make an excuse. Whenever we sin, we make an excuse as to why we had to do that and that God's going to forgive us. And we need to be very, very careful about the excuses that we are using in our lives. Turn with me now to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, and let's look at verses 4 through 10. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth." For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Young people, it's not an excuse for us today that we're young, that we cannot do God's work because we're young. Jeremiah was told, do not say this. Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. From a very young age, we're capable of following God. We just have to put our mind to it. We cannot use youth as an excuse for not following God. God is not going to accept our excuses, So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So, as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Byway Media by visiting our website, bywaymedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.